The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Royal United Podcast, and we're back reviewing football after a very short break, which feels like a long break compared to uh, what we've had in the past. Um, we now go into a run of fixtures, nine games in 28 days leading up to the World Cup, um, and start with Huddersfield Town on Saturday morning, uh, lunchtime. Mick is with us to start with. How are you doing, Mick? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, but thank you. Have you enjoyed a few days not thinking about Rotherham United and just football in general? I've been busy, mate. I've had a busy couple of days off and I've uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Very, very good. Uh, but now we have to get back to thinking about, you know, teams and... Oh, <sighs> <laughs> I'm not really bothered about that. I, I, can we talk about... I went to see Roxy Music last night, which is... Go on, I'll let you know. ...will be... Um, Will mean something, and it's it was like a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Seeing as they they broke up in the early nineties, so um, what a fantastic night that was! Unbelievable live. So for anybody of my age group, just to let you know that Brian Ferry has still got it, <laughs> even in his seventies. So you've still got plenty of years left in you doing this, then, aren't you? No, there's no excuse for you to stop doing this anytime soon, is there, mate? Mate, the only similarity between me and Brian Ferry is that we've both got heads. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we have a few people with Paul Brox with us, Neil Liversage, Sarah Ogden, Jalen Simpson, David Lawton, Phil Rollinson with us so far. Uh, Danny should be joining us shortly, uh, as with many of us. He has lives, he has a life. So sometime with me, <laughs> me template and things like that. So Danny will be with us at some point. Um, so we've got the preview of Huddersfield, the live game on Sky. Um, and then that's it, really. That's really for the rest of it, isn't it? Just yeah. preview one game. Um, make the most of that while you can, because like I said, we've got a hell of a run in. I mentioned that running, mate. Nine games in 28 days, which is obviously a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Only Coventry have got that run between now and the World Cup. Everybody else has got eight or seven games in that period. Um, we're playing Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday. I think it's Saturday, Tuesday, every single week between now and the World Cup. But actually, other teams have less. I don't know why we've sort of forced that. It's just, I think it's the Sheffield United game, really, that's, that's caused it. Um, well, we didn't have four games cancelled at home like Coventry did, did we? So, I mean, I, 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 I don't understand. But it, it must, well, it has to balance itself out. At some well, stage, um, but whatever, uh, keep him on his toes. Keep him on the toes, won't it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'll keep him busy, won't it? Definitely keep him busy. Um, Jalen Simpson said on Saturday, glad we've nearly sold out despite it being on telly. Yeah, um, often not. I think I think I've heard that Uldersfield expected to bring, bring around two thousand. They normally bring a fair few to be fair, don't they, Mick? To be honest, they do. Yeah, they do. And, and to be fair, I mean, people know what. Um, know what Sky's commentary is like, so people don't want to watch it, do they? I mean, it's woeful, always, particularly for, for our games, uh, but just in general, really. So, you know, people are more, much happier going to a game than actually watching it on telly, if you can. Uh, if any Sky Sports commentators are listening to preview the game on Saturday, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> are you hoping to get some sponsorship from Sky? No, I was just thinking we've had in the past commentators say, well, I've listened to the brother of New York Talk podcast as, as, a, as a preparation for the game. Uh, well, I, should, I should apologise to them if they're making the effort to research. If, if, you, if, you, if you're making some effort and you're doing some research, do exactly that. Do some research. Don't just use and spout the, 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 the script that's given by Sky Sports about Rotherham playing long ball and being a big, physical, tough, hard side. It's just... just Say what you see rather than what you're told to say. Okay. Just a bit of advice from somebody who went to commentator so probably don't know what he's talking about. So you've not been at work for a few days, very chipper today. <laughs> well, I've been working. Oh, well, oh. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Danny is with us. Hello, how's it going, Danny? Hello, everybody. How are we all? Nice to see you, mate. Nice to be here. I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. I've uh, tried pina coladas for the first time in Sheffield. And? They're all right. <laughs> I much prefer a pint, thank you. Yeah, I like it. Um, John Morelson, we talked about fixture. John Morelson says Birmingham's next home game at three o'clock is the 21st of January. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so there we go. There we go. Um, shall we have a quick talk about the, the blackout? Removal potential. Let's get that let's sort of get out of the way before we talk about Uddersfield game because it's something that's covering the news this week. I mean, we've talked about this podcast before, actually. Maybe, maybe, maybe the um, charity day we did um, uh, on the podcast that day. Um, there's now talk that EFL are going to potentially commission or request to the EFL to the FA, sorry, that the 3 p.m. blackout is scrapped. And if anybody doesn't know, the 3 p.m. blackout means you're in England, or I think it's the UK actually. Um, you're not allowed to show any live football or on telly between, I think it's three and five or three and a half, five, something like that. Um, so that's why games on Saturday afternoon, that's why essentially why Sky move games, especially EFL games, so they can televise them when, when they can't at 3 pm. The idea is that you get fans into the stadiums. You know, if you give the people a chance for people to watch, watch it on telly, they'll probably not go to the game. That's the theory behind it. It helps the pyramid in theory. Um, 
there's been a lot of opinion. We put a poll up on our Twitter page. It was it was I think it was fifty something percent said keep the blackout. It was very very close in terms of that. Um, Danny, it's a difficult one because the evidence isn't there to support it. Really, we can't say right this percent of people don't go to games because it's televised. This, this, the data isn't there to back it up. It's just sort of speculation. Um, how do you feel it will go? Um, I can understand people not wanting to scrap it um, because especially low league football sort of leans on gate receipts more than other cl- than some of the higher up clubs. So I can understand it in that sense. Um, but the AFL's talked about completely restructuring how it streams it. So like every game is streamed through one service or another, or at least they're all available to be streamed. So what does that do with the uh, the broadcast money? Does that get divvied up evenly rather than on a game-by-game basis? There's a lot to explore with it. Um, <clears throat> but for me, it actually comes down to travel, right? Because we had to travel for a half-twelve kickoff in Gillingham because it was on Sky and it was on the final day. But if the... Um, I know this is a bit more of a compacted sense, but if... Oh. Oh, you've got her. The... <laughs> you've got her then, Danny. You're back no, no, I'm back. Okay. You're back. Mother, stop using your phone. I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so anyway, I think man's more of a selfish sense because I don't want to be waking up at three o'clock in the morning to go to somewhere like Gillingham, for example. Um, but I th- wasn't the blackout brought in to discourage um, TV broadcasts? And so it was a very... Um, very niche market for TV broadcast when that was brought in because I think it was brought in like the 60s or something like that just as like the FA Cup final I think it was was being broadcast every year Um, so so yeah I can understand them wanting to scrap it and give a bit more money with TV rights and let some fans further afield at least see what's in the AFL rather than it just being Premier League and the odd AFL game Mm. but at the same time for the clubs that sort of look towards gate receipts more it may impact them a, a little bit more because because like for example going to stoke on a tuesday night if there was um if that was on a saturday game at three o'clock oh it's on it's on sky we'll just stay and watch it on sky rather than actually yeah. traveling to the game so it could discourage fans from actually traveling away which i think is why they brought it in in the first place but in the ever-changing world in the super money world of football i could actually see it going i really yeah. could I could see it just going and them just saying, right, everyone kicks off at three o'clock and you're all going to be on whatever streaming surface, uh, streaming service, such and such will be on Sky, you'll be on Amazon, you'll be on Apple, and then the rest of you will be on your own club's thing through iFollow, which you can watch anyway through paid subscription or whatever. I can really see that happening. I'd like to see the BBC and ITV pick up a few games as well, them jump in as well. Um, <clears throat> do I want it to go? Probably not, but I can see it going, in honesty. Maybe not next season, but eventually. Uh, John Morell says the blackout being removed has to happen if anybody outside the, the parachute payments wants to progress due to the, the current TV deals. Joe Anson says they could scrap it for the Premier League and Championship lower, leave lower league as it is. Um, and John Morell with the right, the right points that the money is currently AFL TV deals worth around 100 million. Blackout being removed, it means they can get about 200 million. Um, so it's not 50 quid, even they were talking about I mean, This is millions and millions. Um, and what I will say is, uh, one of the arguments, one of the arguments for getting rid of the blackout is that a lot of people stream it now anyway. If you're not going to football, 
you'll find a way to stream the game, which is obviously through an illegal stream. So you people are losing that, and people are having to make the effort to find a way of watching it, which is which is you know inconvenient on the supporters' side, and clubs are losing out and cashing it as well. Well, if you get rid of it, it's a win-win because you allow more access to watching the games, and you you are you're paying your football club rather than paying to stream through somebody's uh, IPTV or whatever. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? And, and I don't I don't claim to understand all the nuts and bolts of it. I know that there are a few people who do understand it who are against it. Andy Holt, particularly at uh, Accrington's, not a not a fan of it in its current guise. Um, so it, it's, it's it, it, without knowing the ins and outs of the finances involved, it's very difficult to have an opinion because. If it's in my head, if it remains the way it is, what's going to happen is that the the clubs with the biggest supporter base are going to get richer, and the clubs with the smaller supporter base are either going to get poorer because they're not getting anybody through the gates or as many through the gates, um, and they're only and a nominal amount from subscription or from uh, from people paying to watch. So there there needs to be some sort of in my head, there needs to be some sort of arrangement whereby where the money is shared, distributed more equally um, across clubs, not based on supporter size. Um, and I say that obviously as a supporter of a club that averages a, a sort of nine, ten thousand a week. So we're, we're on that smaller end anyway. So, so the benefit that Rotherham United would get, or other clubs, the vast majority of other clubs. In the, in the lower two divisions, the benefits that they're going to get financially under the current structure, I don't think um, sort of suggests that it's a good idea because I think they will lose out financially. It might not be massively, it might not be a ma- massive financial hit, but nevertheless, it'll be a financial hit and it will create a bigger imbalance between between clubs in the pyramid. So, uh, so oh, certainly the top four divisions. So it... it I, I, I'm struggling with it at the moment. I don't think, I don't think it's the right idea, um, unless, unless it, it's taken away from the likes of Sky, BT, etc., who are only ever going to do all they're ever going to show is the teams with the bigger supporter base because it's the bigger customer base for them to get money out of, um, and, and everybody else is not even going to get a look in. So. It, it, it depends on what the arrangement's going to be um, in terms of the distribution of the money that's generated from it. Um, but if it was in its current guise as it is now, so everything went to I follow or Sky and everybody else can can bid for it, not for me, I'm afraid, no. I, I'm all for getting rid of the blackout. I, I'm, I think it's dated. Um, I think everybody should be allowed to watch their football club as long as they're paying for it. Um, you're still going to get this. For example, you're not going to. This doesn't mean every single game is going to keep at three o'clock. You're still going to have your prime time Sunday afternoon fixtures, for example. So you're going to Man City and Man U still playing on Sunday. And what that then allows is fans of Man U and Man City, if they so choose, is to watch a game on Saturday, which will which could be a game in the Championship. So it actually opens you up. It opens the EFL up to more coverage. Much more coverage if again if, if they're all on on demand, sort of available at the same time under a Netflix style subscription. Um, there are questions how it affects 
the rest of the pyramid. And that's my only concern is how it's going to fit the National League uh, and, and below. Where's their where's their compensation? Because it, it may well take away some of their their their, their customers or customers or fans or whatever. But again, we don't have the information. There's just not the information out there to back up saying, right, yeah, Hallam are going to lose 15% of their supporter base because games are on three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know how you get that information either, to be honest with you. I don't know how you do those surveys, but that's something the, the EFL and the Sky and everything else need to need to go through. Um, stream is the way forward, isn't it? Let's be right about it. Stream, you look at the NFL, you can watch every single... You've got the, the match pass or whatever. You can watch every single game. Even cricket nowadays with the county championship, you could watch every single game of Yorkshire this season, ones that were in Scarborough. So football's sort of lagging behind, and football is famously against change, isn't it? And I don't know why football is famously against change, but it generally is as a support of this. We don't like change, do we? It's definitely the way forward. There's no question about that. There's absolutely no question. It's about the re- the distribution of the cash within it, though. And, mm. and we know from, 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 from previous experience that both the FA and EFL will pander to the people with the deepest pockets. They always they always have done. And I don't see, I, I just cannot see how that will ever change. So, you know, if, if Sky come calling and say, right, we'll pay you, I don't know, 200 million to screen three o'clock kickoffs of a season, but you can't screen anybody else unless, you can't sell it to anybody else, you can't put it on iFollow or whatever. Then, mm. you know, your, your Sunderland's, your... Your, your, your bigger clubs will get a massive piece of that pie and nobody else will get, everybody else will get next to nothing. Um, so it, 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 it's it got to be done properly. And I, I'm sorry, I know I'm cynical, but I can't trust the EFL to do anything properly because I genuinely don't believe that they've got the best interests at heart of the, of the game at heart, of the supporters mm. at heart. They've got the best interests of the EFL coffers at heart. Well, I think the idea is that you essentially it wouldn't be a straight split where it's two hundred million divided by seventy-two, but you would get more. The Championship League would get more than League One, get more than League Two. But there would then you then don't get the on day. So when we played Middlesbrough, which was technically a home game as far as Sky were concerned, we got money for that. There wouldn't be that anymore. You would just essentially get a flat rate because you're always going to play at three o'clock and it's always on telly. Hmm. Um, but that split should be equal amongst all clubs. Maybe a difference in each division, yeah, but, yeah. But nevertheless, it should be equal amongst all clubs, and it won't be, and that's the problem. Brian Vernon says, "Going to be more games watched game watched through TV and less in person. It'll be like going to games during." Every- I, I couldn't disagree more, Brian. I'm, I'm sorry, fans. You're not going to stop me going to games if I want to go to a game. I'm, and I personally think most Rotherham fans are like this. You'll get the odd few who are. You know, in age-wise, at the high end or low end with kids and, and the elder don't fancy a Tuesday night, for example. But that's not going to stop us getting 12,000 against Huddersfield in a local derby and things like that. Um, I just, I can't see the thought process behind that. And I, I'm not trying to have a dig at anybody, but I, I don't see that. Danny, do you, from an EFL point of view, could see, you see it hurting Rotherham's attendances or, you know, Charlton or anything like that? I can see it hurting away attendances a lot more. Mm. Because, um, <clears throat> like, look, like look, look in the Premier League, for example, which is basically the only example we've, we've really got, which is, like, on TV, yeah. like, all the time, more or less. Their attendances are still really good. 
you know, you've got high 80s into the 90s at most stadiums. All right, the ones that are getting 90s are your more tourist clubs, you know, like your Man United yeah. and your Liverpools and stuff. Um, but I don't think it'll affect home attendances because I can honestly see it becoming a badge to wear that, you know, instead of watching it on Sky, I went to that game. You know, like, for example, when Middlesbrough beat Man United, yeah, it were on telly, but imagine the badge of honour you've got, like, I went to that game to watch Middlesbrough beat Man United sort of thing. Um, if, for example, Rotherham were to play Plymouth, that would be very heavily affected. You, we'd go from, I can't remember how many we took, it would take about 400 or so. Yeah. Um, that game on a Saturday, that, that'll drop because people just stay at home. Um, because it's like, oh, I can just but watch then, it on the there's more revenue because more people will watch it, so there's revenue sense. I, I don't know, yeah, but that's a different point. Yeah, it. yeah, but I, I do think <clears throat> I think more local away attendances will stay roughly the same, but it's further afield they'll get affected. Like, for example, if it was to come in this season, and it was in this season, we won't be able to have many going to Cardiff or Swansea or Bristol or any, or Norwich, for example. <clears throat> but we'd have plenty going to Bramall Lane and. Um, What's the other local one? I was going to say Derby, but they're in lower division. Uddersfield, yeah. Like Bramall Lane and Uddersfield, uh, and they'd still get decent attendance. The same for the way followings for them to us. Um, it's just further afield, I think it'll affect. But like you say, if the um, the revenue structure is what we think it's going to be, then fair enough, it will even the play, playing field rather than how many times you are on telly. But you have to be on a minimum number of times. For example, we'll be on the minimum number of times but Sunderland won't be, for example. But, but if it levels matter, a playing... it's yeah, like, like, like I say, if it levels a playing field, so it's just right, you just get a lump sum and you're always on at three o'clock, then yeah, in theory, it levels the playing field. But like Mick says, I have a suspicion it won't mm. completely level the playing field because that's just how these things go, isn't it? It is, and that's that's the key thing for me. The only way it can work is is every single game is on is available to watch at any time. Say it's twenty quid a month through Sky. Every single game should be available to watch for anyways. I should be able to watch Walsall's game if I wanted to because I'm paying for my subscription fee, and obviously Walsall should get that cost. We should get a fair fair piece of the cake. Um, if you're going to start picking and choosing, then then what's the point of removing the blackout to put one game on at three o'clock? It's got to, it's got to be all or none for me. You, you, you keep the blackout and say none, or you say right, everybody's on, and he has a massive, you know, he has a massive essentially compensation for for doing that. There's a, there's a couple of points, Matt. There, one is the one that uh, Mike sixty one Miller's just made there, and he's absolutely right. You know, Sheffield United game, for example, thirty three quid for a ticket or ten quid to watch it on. I follow what you're going to do. You know. I know what I'm going to do. I ain't paying 33 quid to go to Bramble Lane. It's not happening. But but will a we'll side effect? Of, but yeah, I'm yeah, not, but you're not anyway. Yeah, I'm but not would, anyway. But would a side effect of this be right? Well, we've got to make sure fans still come to the stadium. How are you going to do that? You're How are you going to? Prices? Well, yeah, possibly, potentially. The other the other thing I would I would suggest is and and I'd, maybe you wouldn't immediately see an effect on um, on attendances. But as, as this becomes more established over a period of two or three seasons, I think that's when you'll start to see the drop-off when people be get, get used to just sitting in their armchairs watching the football and, and it becomes the norm rather than actually getting themselves out on a Saturday afternoon. You know, in, in January when it's minus three, throwing it down with rain, mm. when you would ordinarily go anywhere you would have gone for years. Uh, and then you will get, eventually, a, a generation 
of people who've only ever watched it on telly. And so ultimately, in the long term, I think it probably will affect attendances. So that that will be something else that clubs would have to work on because the EFL won't work on it because they'll be getting their pockets lined. So they, they won't be interested in that. I, I genuinely don't think they would be. But they will, they will to an extent because it, the Premier League have talked about this in the past. And we're going on, we might we're going to change subject in a minute, but yeah. <laughs> for the product to look good, there has to be people in the stadium. Yeah, and yeah. we know from COVID as a product, it looks terrible because there was no atmosphere, there were no fans in the stadium. So you can't sell that. You can't sell empty stadiums. The product you're selling and the product that the, and the idea that's to sell EFL is the fans, the atmosphere, everything about it. So if you set something up knowing it's going to negatively impact, people aren't going to pay to watch an empty stadium. So they have to have at least half, three-quarter full stadiums for the product to look good. And the, the Premier League have talked about that in the past. That's one of the reasons they brought in the £30 cap for away, away prices, was to make sure that fans still come to the stadium. So I get, I, I get your cynicism, but... We'll but, see. But that cynicism means they have to have people in those stadiums. Otherwise, it, the product's not there, is it? Yeah. yeah. It, it, there's no doubt it's that streaming football matches, streaming yeah. sports of all kinds is, is, is absolutely the future. But at the expense of Sky and Sky's dominance rather than at the expense of people going into grounds is what it should be. Mm. But that won't happen because of Sky's dominance. Yeah. We do, do we know anybody that is a football fan that doesn't stream through an IPTV or has not illegally streamed? We we just know it. You don't know anybody? No, I do. It's me. Oh. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> There's not a single football fan that I know that doesn't already stream. So that's, this is what I'm saying. It already happens anyway. You, I, you know, we, we all know people of the older generation and the younger generation that already do it. So no, it's that's already what I'm saying I don't, I don't do it. Oh, <clears throat> so I'm the one you... person I know that doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. But if you didn't look at because I can't be one I can't afford the IPTV dodgy <laughs> dongle. So that's why. <laughs> some people do it, some people don't. That's I don't I, I, I for me that's not really the point of it. Um the, the point of it is the, the point of it is is when 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 it becomes freely available to everybody. Uh, what effect is it going to have? But it's it's all about the distribution of the money that it generates. That that is the that is the key, the crux of it for me. So we'll have to see how uh, how this tender process goes that the EFL are claiming to have um, to have done. If it's anything like any tender process I've ever been involved with, it'll be a shambles. Uh, and, and and I say that I say that again, having been through it, seeing what the processes are like. And they have no bearing on what the end product is. It's just, it's just nonsense. But anyway, we'll see. Move on. Yeah. Um, just a couple of Mike, uh, Mike the Miller says anything that threatens fans going to football can't be right. Matches without fans in stadiums will spell the death knell of the game. Yeah, but John Morrell with the with the alternative point is fa- football fans and mugs anyway. We still go <laughs> to games. We still go to games to watch to watch matches. Ten years, everybody's moaned about ticket prices, and we still go, which is another. <laughs> Chris Poyd also points out that German TV showed three league, which is their third tier games, free every Saturday all season. And Saturday night, the Bundesliga 2, the German Championship games are free on German TV. And UK is behind the paywall. Their attendance are, are arguably better than they are in the top two tiers. Um, yeah, but 
but yeah. their, their ticket prices are realistic. Well, exactly. But they but mm. that is that is that because they did they do that? Yeah, that, possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Paul, Brock, Mike doesn't stream. Paul does stream. Neil doesn't stream. I would be surprised if most, if more than fifty percent of football fans don't stream nowadays. They just do, I think. But anyway, anyway, that's plenty of time on uh, on that. That this will be something we'll talk about in six months, a year's time again. I imagine. Um, so let's move on. Huddersfield Town come to New York Stadium. Um, this is the time where I normally say, I normally give you the stats about our record against them. <laughs> yeah, um, no, please don't. <laughs> they're normally pretty pessimistic, the stats, but these are on another level, I think. <laughs> I think this may be the worst ongoing record we have against a current club. Um, we have one win in our last 25 games against Jesus. And this is not a team that we haven't played since 60s. These are all... We beat them in 1992. So all these 26 games are post then. Um, it's a team we play regularly, but for some reason don't beat. And even in the COVID season, Danny, that, that game in lockdown where that Ben Wiles hit the post, I think Crooks and Mr. Sitter, it's just for some reason a team we don't beat. And yeah, that's a shocker of a start, isn't it? <laughs> I'm actually quite offended by that. <laughs> but oh, that that's a. I think Huddersfield is legit the definition of our bogey team. Yeah, uh, at least for the last thirty years they are anyway. Jesus, thirty years since we last beat Huddersfield. That's diabolical. At home, we we, we beat them at home. At home, yeah. We beat them in 2015 at what I think was the John Smiths at the time. Uh, we carried right. on some kind of salmon. Um, but that's the only win since 1992. <laughs> well, that's made me feel a little bit better. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but, wow. Um, I don't know what to say about, about that. Just the, it's just there to be changed, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what was the one that we did this season? Who was it now that, we, that we're not beaten in ages and we've done it this season? Who was it? I you ask him. Have we done one this season? I thought we might, might not be this season. Did loads in COVID, didn't we? The way that we did it'd be yeah. Cambridge, uh, it's not Cambridge, Middlesbrough, we'd not beat since 60s, Derby, we'd not beat since yeah. 60s. The first double over Chef Wednesday. First double over Pigs, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so if we can channel a little bit of that energy and put Brooke, it into Birmingham. Birmingham, right. I knew there was one this season. Um, so if we can channel a little bit of that energy um, into this game, that'd be great. Really would be great. Um, and even though Woodsfield are our bogey team, the odds are probably ever so slightly in our favour, which sounds really bad because now we're going to lose. Um, like we've got table position um, on our side, which at this point actually means nothing, but just thought I'd tell you. Um, we've lost less games, which is quite good so far. Mm. Um, they do actually score goals, more goals per game on average. Um, but we concede less mm. on average, so that could be a good yeah. fight. Um, like we're averaging out at more or less one to one, whereas they're at one and a quarter to one and a half. So that could even out nicely for us. We've got clean sheets on our side as well. Um, so I could I could see it being a little snatch and grab one goal win for Rotherham. However. You have to factor in the bogey, the bogey feel of Huddersfield, which could carry them over the line, which is a bit, ooh, now then. <coughs> Excuse me. They've got a fair few players out injured, mm. which um, 
may play into our favour as well. They've got uh, Hogg and Pearson out until at least the end of this month. And a few other players out. We've got um, Anjorin. Anjorin, is that how you pronounce it? Anjorin, anyway. Yeah, he's out with a fever, apparently, so he could miss through that. Um, Yeah, very, very exciting. Hopefully we break the Huddersfield bogey. Fingers crossed, anyway. Yeah, at the last home win was October 1992. Was that a sign? October, 30 years. October, Um, 30 years, a year with two. Yeah. Um, Sean Sean Gorter with the only goal on that occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, Jaron Simpson, do we lose or draw? I think it's mostly losses, to be honest with you. I'm (laughs) I'm afraid. Um, John Rennell says, yeah, we beat Birmingham for the first time in a while. Um, And Reading, we beat the first time in seven or eight years, something like that. So a couple of... Couple of minor ones, but not, nothing quite like <laughs> the Huddersfield bogey. Uh, you tell me these things don't matter, mate. But it's twenty-five games that we've got one win. It, it, I, as a player, I wonder. I always wonder the player. Do you look at history? history. You know, it's not like you know. Well, we know our record against local rivals. Everybody knows those. This is not really a derby, is it? Always a local derby. Um, do you think the hist- history matters at all? No. <laughs> well, 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 I don't. I don't understand. When when you think about it, why would it matter? I don't know. Cool. If we played them for the last twenty five weeks and lost every time, or twenty last twenty thirty weeks and lost every time, then yeah, it might be important. But 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 we ha- we haven't. We didn't play them last season. We played them the season before and did reasonably well. We may have lost, but we did reasonably well. I mean, we did we draw at their place? We nil nil. We drew nil nil at their place, and we drew one one at our place. Well, that was, I think, it was the game Angus nailed one in top corner at ninety yeah, so, minute. So, so ultimately, the players within this squad—that's all they'll remember of, of playing against Huddersfield, True. if they remember playing Huddersfield at all, because it's it's of no consequence to them, is it? You know, I, I can't I can't understand. I can understand why we talk about these stats, obviously, and and, and, it, and it's a talking point and everything else. However, but as a player walking out of that tunnel on Saturday afternoon, it will mean absolutely zero. I don't, I, I don't even think it'll enter any of their consciousness because it, it just it has no relevance on Saturday's game, no relevance at all in reality. So, yeah, I, I get it. It's good to talk about it in it, but it's nonsense. It's nonsense, mate. It's about this Saturday. It's about every Saturday. Tom Rell says it shouldn't matter, but football is a funny old game, which means it does. <laughs> yeah. It matters um, to people like us, John, but people who are pulling us on those that red and white shirt or that blue and white shirt on Saturday afternoon, it matters not one jot. Maybe. Um we've got um Rackler says oh, off my office sick bed, new yellow shirt, pint in the angel, pucker pie, thinks we'll win two one. That's the kind of spirit we like to see. Um, quick ref watch before we dive into the midweek stuff of the reserves and whatnot. Jeremy Simpson, the referee, um, he last refereed us the Wigan game uh, last season, the 1-1 draw. Uh, a couple of yellows uh, to Rotherham on that day. My memory of this game, I don't know if you two guys will think the same, I remember thinking before the game, oh God, we've got a championship referee. And when the game went on, I remember thinking, oh, God, here we go. It's, it's typical. It's a champion referee and it's rubbish. Um, I don't know if you two remember the game. Yeah, I'm, I maybe, I definitely do remember having that thought. I don't know if it, if it resonates with either of you two on that one. 
Not with me. No. I remember the name. Um, I remember when when I saw when I saw it was him that was refereeing. I thought, oh no, we've had some bad experiences with him. But I, I, I think gone through the games that he's ref. I don't really remember any of them. So maybe I just sort of um, maybe that's just my instant reaction about every referee that we have, and mm. then I start to think about it. So I, it, I don't have any recollection of anything particularly uh, poor from him. But I'm sure we'll find out on Saturday, won't we? Yeah, I just remember last season. Every time we had a champion referee, I remember us whinging about it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, we, we're beginning to get used to it a little bit more now, aren't we? The True. inconsistencies of it all, and um, but I'm sure we'll have a morning on Sunday if he has a bad game. Correct. Make no mistake. <laughs> we absolutely will. <laughs> um, Matt Miller says stats mean more to the likes of journals rather than footballers. Stats make good stories, but not necessarily a good game. We all love a good story, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd second that. Really good game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Neil Taylor has a question. The evening lad sadly won't be, won't be able to get to the game on Saturday thanks to Sky Moon's fixtures. Uh, would he be able to get in the second half? Does anybody have an answer for Neil? I'll open that up to you two. If you, if you can only get there for the second half, do you think Neil would be able to get in? He used to be able to at Millmore. Um, Is that because they opened gates at half-time? No, no. Well, they, well, it depends how many we were losing by, but... Um, uh, you used to be able to. You used to go to stewards' entrance, uh, and and they'd, they'd let you in. So obviously, with your ticket. So uh, I, I would imagine you probably can still get in, whether that whether all the turnstiles will be open. But there's obviously stewards outside, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you can get in. You got a yeah, ticket. they they open the uh, the exit doors for smokers at half time. Um, well, they don't know stand anyway. Um, so I'm sure if you present your ticket to a steward, they can't exactly turn you away, can they? Because you've got a valid ticket. Oh, so uh, I up and walk, walk back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't blame uh, us if you can't get in, Neil. It's not our Yeah. <laughs> don't be smoking just to get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick minor point: we should. It's, it's been well publicised, but the final day of the season game could very well be moved. The King's coronation has been scheduled for the 6th of May, which is the same day um, as that as the final day of the season. At the minute, the final day is scheduled for 3pm on a Saturday anyway, which obviously the final day of the Championship is not going to be that anyway. Um, so there's always probably going to be some movement. I, I suspect it will be more guaranteed that we'll probably play on the Sunday, would be my guess. Um, this is what, was ages to work that out, seven months yet to work that out. So we'll... Knowing well, yeah. the EFL, we'll not know by March, but... I, I, I have I have a motor bit to be fair. Why can't you do it on the Monday? Because then we get a bank holiday. Like that's why. Like, like, like the, the the king claims to be a Burnley fan, and yet he hasn't helped football out. That could be the day Burnley get promoted. He's a Burnley fan. How is yeah? How is yep. how is Charles a Burnley fan? Yeah, king, king Charles is a Burnley fan. <clears throat> apparently, I get William like in Villa because they're a big club and everything like that. But Burnley, yeah, I I, I was like really. But yeah, apparently the King is a Burnley fan. Um, make of that what you, you will, Burnley fans. You can have the Royal Burnley if you want or whatever. Um, but that could be the day Burnley get promoted back to the Premier League. And he wants to get coronated. No, I'd be over my feet up in a can watching Burnley. It's like, not oh, coronations on Monday. Be right, watch Burnley go up. Then we can have a party on the Monday for a bank holiday. But anyway. You're right, Burnley. What the? <laughs> That's proper pub quiz knowledge, that. That's who, who does the current king of the United Kingdom and, and its surrounding territories support? 
Burnley. No offense to Burnley, but it's like supporting Rotherham. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, hey, don't, just... don't knock it. You never know. Prince George might go, quite fancy Rotherham. You know, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I mean, we'll take it, but very odd. I don't know how Burnley are not marketing the hell out of that, to be honest with you. I, I would be. <laughs> mm, Royal um, Burnley, telling you. <laughs> Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, so moving ahead by moving backwards slightly, the reserve game happened on Tuesday, the one that has been sort of not built up but talked about a little bit. Uh, plenty of minutes in uh, to most players, Danny, uh, except Jamie Lindsay. <laughs> I got a lovely little birthday present of a big fat bust lip, um, which is a shame we didn't get the minutes in the in the tank. But if, if I wanted one of our players to get kicked in the face and hurt, I'd want it to be Jamie Lindsay because he'll he'll stick his head back in next time. He's not scared. He won't phase him, will it? I'll, I'll tell him you've said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I have got a picture of it um, in well, the picture in the advertiser, and that it's. It's a proper stud has gone straight through his lip sort of job. On his birthday as well, the poor lad. Um, but from what Matt Taylor's been telling the advertiser, he's ready to go Saturday. Like he's, he's had it stitched up. He might have, might have like a, a face guard or something on to stop the stitches coming out. But yeah, he's reporting for duty, ready to go on Saturday. So there's no injury concern there whatsoever. I will admit, watching the highlights of the game, it's like Jamie Lindsay had to go off in like whatever minute it was, and it's like, oh no, don't tell me he's done his leg. Um, but no, thankfully, he's just smashed his face, which is good news for us because he's still fighting fit for Saturday. Um, <clears throat> you never know, Matt Taylor might go, he's an hard case, and we'll start him in midfield because it's a derby. Um, but yeah, glad to hear he's all right, and I hope he actually had a good birthday in mm. A&E. Uh, it'll be broken. Not really, cake, will it? <laughs> it no, just it just comes right back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's just Jamie Lindsay, and it's it? just he's just hard Scottish, Scottish hard man, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm Matt Taylor, I'm, I'm dead impressed that if if if, if I if I've done that to my face, I'm fine. I'm trying to find sympathy for at least until the stitches come out. Jamie Lindsay wants to put go, go put his head back where he just put it. Um, it's the type of player we want playing for this football club, obviously. We've, we've, we, we can't speak highly for Jamie Lindsay, can we, I suppose, Nick? We, we, no, we love, him. love him. And we yeah. want to see him on pitch more as well. I want to see him get more minutes now. Yeah, absolutely. Love him to bits. He's, he's just a grafter. Um, and he, 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 he seems such a lovely lad as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, art of gold and uh, art of a lion as well. You know what I mean? He's just... Yeah. Brilliant, top man, top man, and I'm sure he'll be raring to go Saturday, no matter what his face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter Kielso got much needed 45 minutes. Matt Taylor has subsequently said he is available for selection. 
I'd be surprised if he starts. Um, bear in mind, still get the minutes in, but hopefully we can see Kyoso on the bench and we'll see him for a little bit of the, of the game. Because it, it gives us a chance to start managing Norton Cuffey, Danny, doesn't it? And th- this is a thing, as much as Norton Cuffey's been amazing, he, you need to manage his minutes. As a young kid, he, he need to make sure he don't overdo it. Yeah, exactly. We don't want him um, blowing his knee or anything like that from running too much. Um, so, yeah, I think Kyoso is coming back in at sort of the right time because it's like the the big running up until the start of the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, like I say, it gives us a chance to condition Cuffy a little bit more and then it gives us a chance to like recondition Kyoso as well. I think it will be a case of Cuffy starting and Kyoso playing the odd part later on just to even it out a little bit. I think he'll only come on Saturday if we're winning, I think. Mm. Um, but we will see him in future games, I think, like that little hectic week where it's, um, who is it now? It's Hull, Coventry, Cardiff, Sheffield United and Luton. That will be a big strain. So I can see Kyoso play more of a part around then. Um, but for now, probably odd minute when we're winning um, or if Cuffey goes down injured potentially. Uh, we're actually really happy to see him back. We, we saw a very brief stint of him in pre-season at the start of this season and he looked a real threat, especially in the air, which is odd for a wing-back. But <laughs> from what I remember, he had a good crossing in from the right-hand side and from corners, he was very dangerous in the air. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he plays an important part and I think he could bag a few as well. Mm. Yeah, my partner Matt Taylor's tried to sign him a few times as well, which shows that Matt Taylor's obviously a fan of him, which means he's, he's very likely to to get the minutes. Um, Georgie Kelly scored, Mick. The club got it mixed up uh, with the Dolphins somehow. Um, but it shows not only could not only we know what Georgie Kelly's going to do when he's on a football pitch, we also know that he's found, he's found back at there. So not only does Matt Taylor know how he plays, he knows what he can do in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net and all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that can only be a good thing, can't it? You know, um, it, it, we, we need to see a bit more of Georgie Kelly on the pitch. We need mm. it's important to us because he offers something different to anybody else that's up there. Um, and and out of everybody, he seems to be the one who knows where the goal is more than anybody else. Mm. Um, he really has got a, an eye for that. So. Um, Fingers crossed he gets some... I, I can't see him starting. I, I, I really can't. But you never know. It, it would be nice if he did. I'd like to see him and cheer up front. Uh, they, 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 they seem to have got, a, when they have played together, a bit of an understanding, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's good to see him on the, making a name for himself in front of the manager, isn't it? So, yeah. um, just going back to that Norton Cuffey, Kyoso... Uh, discussion there. I think that the, there is a, a strong argument to to um, to limit the amount of time that Norton Cuffey is playing for me um, because of his age, because of the fact that it, at the moment his end product is is just not there mm. at all. Um, so that that is something that needs to be worked on, and I think his game time should be limited as a re- as a result of that because we know. That a fully fit Peter Kioso's end product is significantly better at the moment. I'm not saying obviously he won't develop it to that player, but um, and and where we are at the moment in terms of the league and the the the, um, the results that we've had, end product is what we're after. It's really really important to us at the moment. So I suspect, hopefully, if Kioso's 
fit enough. We might see a bit more of him than uh, than, than you've suggested there. I don't know. Potentially. Hopefully so. Um, basically, Abriel's got minutes. Um, I can't... If, if, if they've not been playing for the first team, they basically got minutes. It was an extremely strong... One of the strongest reserve teams I can remember ever, to be honest with you. Um, the only youngster was Mackenzie Warner. That's only because he's not out on loan. You know, McGookin and Duros are still out on loan. That's that's obviously why they weren't involved. Uh, if one was, if I think he picked up an injury at uh, at Gainsborough, so that's why he's not out on loan still. Uh, I suspect he'll go back out on loan at some point. Um, let's move on then, Danny. Well, how would we? How are we going to set up? Bearing in mind that the reserves game is obviously going to have some impact. Mm. Um, the question is in defence, Richard Wood has had a week's rest, so Richard Wood is going to be available unless he picks up an injury on Friday. Mm. So it's unlikely knowing Richard Wood. Um, is he not first name back in team sheet? Um, <clears throat> I think there are a few that are potentially first name back or even changing the team sheet. Um, yeah, probably Woody gives us a little bit more of an, an experienced head in the middle. Um, probably Humphreys on his left-hand side. I think. Did he play reserves? Um, I'll check. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Please check. Um, yeah, probably Humphreys on the left hand side. I think because of few niggly bits, shall we say, in the Blackburn game, I would take Grant Hall out and possibly bring Wes Harding mm. in on that right hand side um, of the back three, just to. Um, just to experiment with it, really, because we all have to remember Matt Taylor is still is in the experimentation, finding which squad works best with the mm. way he wants to play his football. Um, and yeah, if uh, and I think Harding is a strong candidate. I wouldn't have Peltier in there. I think you need the experienced head in the middle, um, the lad who bounces off experienced heads on the left, but can also drop back in if there is a defensive mistake from Woody or Wes. Uh, but then you've also got the pace of Wes to try and bring it out from the back a little bit more as well. Whether that's playing the ball into the middle, into midfield, or back to Woody, or playing it down the wing for Cuffy to chase, I could see that working out. Um, Phil uh, Oxley raises a good point. McCart does seem to have dropped out. Um, yeah, it could be the answer on the left-hand side because he is a left-footed player. Um, is he the only one we've got? Well, Woody's left-footed, isn't he? Yeah, but I think McCart is the only left-footed like distribution player yeah. we've got per se. Uh, and I think if I think when we start getting a bit more comfortable and the running really does start after the World Cup, that's when we'll start seeing McCart more. You know, as like Humphrey is resting a bit more and we need more distribution out from the back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that's when we'll see McCart coming out. And I'm not going to hold the microphone and go for the rest of my team because I want Mick to tell me about the midfield. <laughs> uh, Humphreys did play midweek did play uh, I checked how many minutes but he did start, certainly start the game so did McCart and uh, Adolphin as well um, any disagreements with that with that back three first of all Mick? No that would be the back three for me I think Humphreys has got to be back in this squad sooner rather than later for me um, I think he's really important to that back three um, you know so I, I, I like the way Danny referred diplomatically to um, to Grant Hall's little I can't, how did you describe it now? What did you say? Uh, little niggly bits. Little niggly bits. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, three goals are quite big niggly bits, aren't they, really, to be fair? I'll um, be a politician, me, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's the back three for me, definitely. Definitely, with, without question. Yeah. Midfield three, let's go for the midfield three, because I assume wing-backs, I think we're probably both all in agreement, 
for now it's going to be Norton, Cuffy and Bramall and probably. Bear in mind the fitness of everybody else. For me, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that with the pace that they've got. Midfield three was last time, obviously, Barlas and Wiles Rathbone. The all-individual had OK games against Black the Mick, which makes it difficult to say, right, he needs to come out because he was rubbish or whatever. But there does need to be a... It feels like there needs to be a change in midfield. I, I don't... We need Jimmy Lindsay back. He has been... Last season in Championship, he was our most consistent performer, above Wiles and above Barlas as consistent. Get Jimmy Lindsay back in. I think... I think... It depends who you're going to play up front as to what you're going to do in that middle. Because if you're going to keep going long, you might as well not bother with any of the three of them in there. Just put three three completely different players in there. Because you, if you're going to play the ball on the floor, which is which is what we understand this manager is his preferred kind of style, then I wouldn't swap it out at all. Yeah, I'd like to see Jamie Lindsay in. I, I would, but the only person he's going to come in for, for me... Um, is 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 Oli Rathbone because they are very similar players. Um, I don't think he's got the the vision um, and an ability that Ben Wiles has got, and he can't do the job as well as Dan Barlas can do it. Nobody can do it as well as Dan Barlas can do it uh, in our squad. Certainly, um, and there's very few in this division that can when he's on his game. So it depends what you're going to do up front as to what you're going to do in midfield. For me, if if you're going to start Georgie Kelly and Chio up there, then that back, that middle three stays the same for me. Okay. I, I think you bring Lindsay into it when you need a player who's going to be in the trenches. You know, one who's going to fight for the ball in midfield and try and get it off people. So I would like to see Lindsay be introduced later in the game, but earlier than he is being introduced. Mm. Yeah. Like, rather than seeing him like 80 plus minutes, I want to see him around 70, 75 minutes and give them at least a shot at trying to dig in the trenches a little bit, whether it's to um, maintain damage control or to try and get us a goal for a winner or an equaliser or whatever. That's why that's where I want to see Jamie Lindsay because, as he's shown, he's in the trenches as soon as he's off, uh, yeah. off and over the touchline. So, for, mm. to have someone like that to bring on later in a game would really benefit us, especially when we're scrapping for points um, later on in, in the season. So, yeah, I want to see Jamie Lynn's used in that role. Probably interchangeable with Ollie Rathbun, like you say, but when Ollie Rathbun's running send ragged, chasing after the ball, and we need an in-the-trenches midfielder, that's when you switch it with Lindsay. Yeah. Well, what, Matt Taylor said we, we want blood and thunder on Saturday. Um, does that mean you potentially could see Ollie Rathbun and Jamie Lindsay? That would be blood and thunder and a bit extra. Yeah. Um, so... Don't know. Uh, Sean Green does mention Ollie Rathbun has four yellow cards. So at some point soon, we are going to need Jamie Lindsay to step in because that's one yellow card away from a match ban. Um, mm. As it has to be about to put in the comments. Which you'll probably get on Saturday anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt about that, really, to be fair. So, no, not really. Um, Jalen Simpson says, Do we think Georgie will get his chance or do you think he's not Matt Taylor's sort of player? Big question that, Danny, isn't it really? I don't yeah. know. He, he he played Tom Eves, and I suppose he's similar to Tom Eves in terms of physicality. Um, what, what what do you think? Um, I think with Georgie is Georgie is definitely more of a, a blood and thunder sort of yeah. player. I think um, again, it's another player I want to see introduced earlier. Give him the chance to play the game, and not just give yeah. him six ish minutes run out. 
because we've seen against Blackpool, if you play Georgie in a bit earlier, then it will probably grab a goal for you. Like it might not be immediately, but he grinds it out and gets it. We've seen it against Blackpool. Matt Taylor's seen it against Huddersfield B team now. Um, so that could be an option, or even start him, get the blood and thunder in early on. And then, again, when you're in the trenches a little bit, that's when you bring, like, you know, your Connor Washington into it, who chases down the ball and puts their defence and keeper under pressure. Um, <clears throat> see, I'm trying to get into the mindset of Matt Taylor, but he's been here 10 days. You know, yeah, exactly. It's hard. But I think if, if he does want to go for blood and thunder, I would start Kelly and Chio because you've got that physical presence in, in Kelly who just go after anything. It'll, it'll go after the ball if it's got into stand. That, like, that's how far Georgia pursues the ball. But then you've got Chio, hopefully, pressing the ball a bit more, putting them under pressure. <clears throat> and then when he's put them under that pressure and he forces a, a, an error, that's when Kelly nips in and either gets the ball off him and has a go at goal or just holds the ball up a little bit until the reinforcements arrive. Because that's that. I could see that partnership working that way. Um, but if you want blood and sand, I wouldn't go for Eves. Eves is your, you know, your, your target man sort mm. of player. He did very well against Blackburn. To give him his credit, he did very well. Good. But he's your target man sort of player. If you want blood and thunder, you go for quick one and bulldozer, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. John Simpson says, hope you're right. We'll love to see Kelly. Um, John Morell asks if there's a cut-off for the yellow cards. Yes. If Oliver Rathbone can get to the 19th game without a fifth card, uh, he will not get a ban. The problem where he's run 13 games. Um, oh, <laughs> Oliver Rathbone's not going to go six games without a ban. He's got four in 13. Um, so, yeah. He's, Oliver Rathbone's going to get a ban. Let's just see when that happens. Uh, I couldn't be more <laughs> certain of anything this season that Oliver Rathbone getting a, a one-game ban because of five yellow cards. Um, Mick, you talked about you know talk about midfield affecting your uh, your midfield selection to be affected by the strikers. What what are you doing as a, as a striker? Do you want to see Wash and Chio back? Do you want to see Kelly giving us a chance? Do you think we'll just see Eves back in there with Chio? Do you think it's Chio plus one? Yeah, I do, I do, and I suspect to be Chio plus Eves, but I'd like it to be Chio plus Kelly mm. for me. Uh, that's what I'd like to see, and and we may well see that. I don't know, but for for me, it's a combination that he's not he's not tried in the first team game yet. It's the only combination he hadn't tried really for the for out of the the, the, the strikers that we've got. So for me, yeah, well, well, it's not, but the only only one that's Chio's not um, partnered um, uh, as a start. So for me, I'd have Kelly, I'd have Georgie Kelly up there um, from the start, and then it gives you that option to bring on Colin mm. Washington or, or Eves, depending on how the game's going. So. Yeah, that Georgie Kelly, get him on there, mate. Just let's let's see what let him show what he can do because we know he can do it. Mm. There's always the always option, as we mentioned, of the two advanced tens rather than two strikers, um, which has been muted. It's been mentioned in the reserve game we played as Georgie Kelly with Scott High in behind. Um so or certainly Scott High in behind, plus maybe another one. So that that's something that's we've mentioned on the podcast before, um, as well as something I think Matt Till's mentioned it. I think maybe wrong on that left. I'm pretty sure it has. So, so would that formation be a, th- uh, a three-four-two-one then? Yes, essentially, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you have your three at back, your two wing backs as normal, your two sort of sitters, which last season was Barlas and Rathbone, <laughs> then Wilesy and probably Chio with Kelly or Reeves. 
you, you can still have Chio in that system as either the like you probably won't have him as the point, would you? You'd still you'd need probably a bit of physicality up, up top, which mm. Chio doesn't give you. Uh, and we all Chio was very very good as that as that deeper role at the end of last season, weren't he? Got, got yeah. the assist against Gillingham, caused Sunderland no end of problems. Um, see where it goes. We managed to change things up. It's an option, isn't it? And it's good to have that option. Wilesy and Rathbone can do that job, can't they? Wilesy and Chio can do that job, can't they? So he's got bags of options and he's got bags of talent yeah. in that team. So it's just it's just getting a tune out of them now. They dropped off. They dropped off for three games as a result mm-hmm. of the manager leaving. It's it, it, it's you know it, it is it's going to happen. It's going to happen, particularly bearing in mind the circumstances of him leaving and, and how long he's been here. So um, it, it you know it, there's, there's there's disruption. And it's now now hopefully the, the new manager will get them get them playing back as a unit again, and, and we'll be back to where we were at the beginning of the season. I'm sure we will be. Mm. Yeah, and particularly most importantly, is it a full week with that? Mm. That may be the most mm. important factor. I hope I'm hoping it is anyway. Um, yeah, we're coming against a bit. Have any of you two listened to Mark Frotherington speak yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I got grief on this podcast by saying I couldn't really understand what he was saying, I couldn't work out where he was from. Yeah. It turned out he was Scottish. How many different accents did he have in that little interview we did against on, on telly the other day? There was a bit of South African in there at one point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got Scottish, South African, German, and someone well, else that I could like an play. Italian or Spanish tinge to it, and all. Yeah, yeah, what at Mediterranean, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a, I mean, wow, talk about it, all it's, things. It's certainly a, a collection, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It's, no, it's not. It's a convention of accents. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's an interesting character. He's, he's never been a manager before. He, Huddersfield have done this, haven't they? Uh, Wagner, I think, was similar. Backroom staff came forward, did very well. Carlos Cobran back up Bielsa, came forward, did an amazing job. Obviously, they'll be hoping that he does the same type of thing, but he's still very inexperienced as the main man. So hopefully, we can sort of take advantage of that. And I don't think he's coached or managed in England for a very long time. He's been in Germany for a while. Um, so hopefully he's forgot what a derby's like and we can make it a proper Yorkshire derby and like Matt Taylor says, blood and thunder it up because that's what we like. Um, predictions, I will go first and I will go positive, which I haven't done for a few games actually. No, I predicted to lose last three games. Uh, I'm going to go positive and say 1-0 to the Millers this time. Feeling all right, Matt. <laughs> um, Michael, what do you reckon? I'm I'm good two 0 I I think Victor will have a clean sheet. Back to clean sheet, Victor, um, and, and I think we'll be two uh, 0 uh, two 0 Millers. Like it, Danny. First goal is crucial mm. for me because if you notice, every time we've conceded first, we've lost. Yes, we have for a while. It feels like a while that's happened at all. Mm. So if we score first, we'll win. I think so. I'm I'm going to say. One nil prediction. Yeah, for me, for me, we'll win one nil. But if we concede first, we're in trouble. Nah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'll go positive. One nil for us. I'll go positive. I like it. Kim Haywood says one nil, and Gerald says Jalen Simpson. John Morell says he thinks that'll be one one. That depends if we can keep Sober Thomas quiet. Uh, Brian Burns says three one to the Millers. Sean Green two nil. Dominic Carwood says two nil as well. Positivity. We like to see this positives back for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, 
from us um, as well. Uh, Tobias also says, uh, Tobias Janssen says 2 0, and Theobone still loves Mick. Hey. <laughs> Cheers, what can I say? I don't blame him. The happy clappers <laughs> love him. <laughs> uh, Neil Taylor says 0 0 up to half time, and then when Neil gets there, we will win 2 0. Yeah, I hope for Neil's sake we don't win 4 0 and all four goals are in the first half and then he turns yeah. up and sees nothing. Um, for us, I'd love that, but you know, Graham Linder says 1 1. Um, David Lawton is Mr. Pessimism, he says, as he says, 1 1. Reg says 2 1 for the Miller as well. Just, just whilst we're on the topic of predictions, have you guys heard about our potential lucky charm that's coming no. down from Scotland? I've read about this, the, the I can't read, we should go his name. Yes, I do. Uh, a Mr. Ryan Munro uh, from a town called Bucky, which is between Aberdeen and Inverness. A great name for a town, Bucky. Yeah, they're, they're their football team's name. It's Bucky Thistle, isn't it? Bucky Thistle, which is a great <laughs> yeah, name. That's very Bucky good. It, it, it needs to be twinned with a town called Barnes, because then you've got Bucky Barnes. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being a nerd again. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he's a Millers fan who was inspired to support the Millers by the Chuckle Brothers, who he grew up watching on the telly. And it's his first Rotherham game against Huddersfield, making the 400-mile trip, uh, staying overnight. Um, yeah, like we say, he's a Bucky Thistle fan. <laughs> I really hope we win, because that's going to be some trip home for him if we get absolutely battered, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I hope we do win. Uh, yeah. we win. But the problem is... I don't know if you listen to this podcast, it's probably done. If if you come to the game and we win, <laughs> that means you've got to come every week. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to understand the superstitions work. And um, the current rail fares, that's not that's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um but, yeah, anyway, Ryan Munro, welcome to the Millers family. Happy to have you. Say hello if you see anybody. Um if you see any of us. Uh, Adrian Chadwick says we don't if Danny Ward's gonna be playing up front for for Huddersfield. I think so. You've also got Jordan Rhodes as well. Um, there will be the scouting report will be up on the website, newyorktalk.co.uk on Friday. Uh, that's been helped by the, the He Takes the Chance and Scores podcast, which I think it's called, from Huddersfield. It'll all be on the website, so don't worry about that. Jalen mm. uh, Simpson says it's her son's birthday this weekend, and we've not lost a game in the boys' birthday matches. Drawn and won, but not lost. Mm. I'll take that. Take mm. every little bit of positivity. Yeah, so today. Um, Mick, do you want to give a shout out to Ben? Ben played this week off of the NFL. I'm not sure if anybody watched it. He did very, very well. They did lose, um, but he did very, very well. Do you want to give Ben a shout out? Yeah, yeah. They, they played um, IMG Academy from uh, from Florida. Don't the rant about the ref because we don't know what you're going to rant about. We don't. <laughs> we don't understand yeah. the rules. So don't rant about the ref. Oh mate, yeah. I'm I glad I didn't go. Point. I'd be calling offside when they're in. They? <laughs> well, there is. They can be offside. Yeah. I, I did. I did have a chat with some Americans who um, who were laughing at my rant at the um, at the referee. They lost twenty six fourteen, and and they were very very unlucky to mm. concede the last touchdown. It was a a bad call from referee that turned up a possession, uh, which caused my rant in the stand. Um, and and it and it turns out, even though I don't know the rules, that I was right <laughs> um, to be ranting. So, um, but yeah, no, they, they did really well. They did really well. Um, they're very, very strong side. They, they played an American team who had a full preseason uh, and seven games to uh, to get ready for this. Mm. Um, and the academy haven't played 
So to 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 get that sort of result was uh, was interesting. So if you want to if if you want to just have a quick look, it is up, the game is up on YouTube. If you want to watch the first play, you will see Ben being swung around by his helmet. Um, he got. He almost got smashed by somebody out of bounds as well, didn't he? Which he, did, he did that on purpose. Yeah, he drew the foul on that one. But on the first play, he, he, he literally get all of his face mask and swung him around. He was not a happy bunny. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so, he, yeah. he breaks up a half term soon, so I think we might might even be able to see Ben on the podcast a bit more over the next couple of weeks. Maybe is that Possibly. right? He's off to Munich, aren't they? They play Scotland on Sunday, then they're off to Paris at uh, Munich, and then they play in Paris before Christmas. So possibly not. Okay. <laughs> it's proper globe trotter, isn't it, lad? We're going to we're going to go Luton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, Mick, is it the globe trotters basketball? Yeah, yeah. Siano, yeah. <laughs> my Yankee sports. <laughs> uh, there we go. We've blabbled on, blab, blabbled on, blabbed on for a little bit longer than normal. Any other business we need to cover? Yep. We get the pay. Cool. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> uh, contract offers. Matt Taylor's first oh. job oh. as new Rotherham boss is sorting out the contracts. Um, that's Chio, Dan Barcer, and Ben Wiles. Uh, probably going to have a look in at the other players, which is Victor, Wes, and Fergie. Um, which also adds up because I was sent a picture by our last yesterday of not not yesterday um, today sorry of uh, both Tony Stewart and Richard Stewart's Lambos at New York mm. Stadium. So something is afoot with the contracts. Not parked in the parking spaces either. Just, just... no, they would just go straight yeah. in outside the West End. Uh, I own the club. I'm not using the parking spaces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, something is afoot with contracts. Um, Hopefully, it's positive discussions and we keep hold of them. Um, hopefully, they've had, um, had webuyanycar.com in and yeah. <laughs> Lambo to pay for contracts. But basically, Chio, if I give you what my Lambo's worth as a yearly contract, are you going to say yes? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a test, isn't it, to see if we can keep these guys. If we if we can keep even one of them and cashing on the other two, then that that's still a step forward for me. Um it's a, it's a test between now and Christmas, between now and January. If they don't sign, I think all three will go in January. Listen, um, if all three do go in January, it's still it's still long term positive for the club because we are bringing players in, selling them on for more. If you use the money anymore, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a long term thing that. No, so let's just let's not go down that route because otherwise I'm going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Um, well, we'll finish there. We've done the predictions, we've done everything else. Check out newyorktalk.co.uk if you want to find out about them or Huddersfield stuff, um, as that will be on there for you to read in sometime in tomorrow morning, maybe tomorrow afternoon. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Slowly, gradually moving on up in terms of subscribers. Dennis Pie reviews are all there if you want to check those out as well. Uh, instant reaction we will do Saturday. So if anybody wants to come on the instant reaction, feel free to get in touch. Uh, and we'll arrange for you to come on if you fancy 10 minutes talking to us <laughs> straight after the game. Um, you know, I'm sure you can keep your emotion checked but better than Mick can. And we don't Mick on it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, do let us know if you fancy it. Challenges it <laughs> do let us know if you fancy it. And if you don't want to, if you just want to wait, that'll be out well, with early kickoff in it. So we'll, that'll be out some, sometime on Saturday um, to have a quick rant about whatever goes off. 
I will be back on Sunday evening, live on YouTube on Monday morning for the audio podcast as per usual as we go for another Sky game next week. Um, I'll not tell Mick who the ref is until next week. Uh, Mick, oh, it's been a pleasure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I'll wait for next time to upset you. Thanks for that. No problem. Danny, always a pleasure to see you, mate. Yep, always a pleasure. I think the pina coladas have worn off. <laughs> Get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have bought 18 Carlin in, to be fair, so that, that's, that is my next job after okay. we've signed off. <laughs> right, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Rebel. Vicious. Brilliant. you with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.